Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Friday, November 15th. Here is an impeachment inquiry update from today's show. Using her most aggressive language yet, Nancy Pelosi yesterday accused Trump of committing bribery by seeking to use U.S. military aid as leverage to pressure the Ukrainian government to conduct investigations that would politically benefit himself. Here's the House Speaker during a news conference. The bribe is to grant or withhold military assistance in return for a public statement of a, uh, of a fake investigation into uh, the, the elections. Pelosi's embrace of the term bribery comes after nearly two months of debate over whether Trump's conduct amounted to a quid pro quo. That's, of course, a Latin term describing an exchange of one thing for something else. Bribery happens to be one of only two crimes specifically cited in the Constitution as an impeachable offense, along with treason. Article 2 holds that the president and other civil federal officials can be removed from office for treason, bribery, and other high crimes and misdemeanors. Those ones aren't specified. Pelosi suggested that bribery is merely the English translation of quid pro quo. She says the term is just more accessible to everyday Americans. But two inside sources say that Pelosi's shift came after the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee conducted focus groups last week in key House battlegrounds to test messages related to impeachment. Among the questions put to participants was whether quid pro quo, extortion, or bribery was a more compelling description of Trump's conduct. The focus groups found that bribery was most damning, followed by extortion, and then quid pro quo. These results have been circulating among Democratic lawmakers this week. Meanwhile, the latest news on the investigation itself is that a second official from the U.S. Embassy in Kyiv is prepared to testify under oath that she overheard Trump himself discussing political investigations in a July 26th phone call with Gordon Sundland, the mega-donor turned U.S. ambassador to the European Union. David Holmes, who works for Ambassador Bill Taylor, is slated to testify behind closed doors later today that Sundland told him that what the president really cared about was getting Ukraine to investigate Joe and Hunter Biden. Saria Gianti, a career Foreign Service officer, was also sitting at the table when this all went down. American diplomats are often advised to resign. If when confronted with scandal, they believe they can no longer be effective in their jobs. Sunderland isn't giving up his post so easily. His attorney, Jim McDermott, says in an email that he has no intention of resigning. The Portland hotel magnate upended the House impeachment inquiry last week when he acknowledged that he, in fact, did communicate the terms of a quid pro quo with Ukraine during a meeting in September after testifying the week before that he had no knowledge of any such arrangement. The reversal of his testimony prompted key Republican allies in the White House and on Capitol Hill to abandon Sunderland after initially viewing him as their most indispensable witness. Further revisions in his testimony may come next Wednesday, when he's expected to return to the Capitol to address that July 26th phone call during a televised hearing. He didn't mention the July 26th call during his deposition or his clarification to investigators. 
Sunderland's attorney says his client has the full confidence of Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. But here's the thing. When we asked the State Department, they declined to comment on that claim, suggesting that, in fact, Sunderland does not have Pompeo's confidence. It adds to the diplomat's isolation as he comes under fire from all sides. And as House Republicans also consider trying to pin the blame for this scandal on Rudy Giuliani, another potential fall guy, the president's personal attorney is saying in an interview with The Guardian that published last night that Trump will stay loyal to him. The former New York mayor added that if Trump does turn against him, he has, quote, a good insurance policy. Asked whether he's at all nervous that Trump will throw him under the bus, Giuliani's exact response was, quote, I do have very, very good insurance, so if he does, all my hospital bills will be paid. Now, Giuliani's lawyer, Robert Costello, who was on the phone for the interview, never good when you have to have a lawyer on the phone for your interviews, interjected to say that his client was joking and was not, in fact, threatening to expose the president. Giuliani then defended his role as Trump's personal attorney, repeatedly noting to The Guardian that he spoke with the president on the phone Wednesday night, and Trump wished him a good night at the end of their call. Michael Cohen, Trump's previous lawyer and fixer, used to say the same sorts of things. Bloomberg News reports overnight that Giuliani could get indicted by federal prosecutors for possible campaign finance violations and a failure to register as a foreign agent as part of the cascading investigation into his own personal finances. One investigator told Bloomberg that Giuliani could also face possible charges for violating laws against bribing foreign officials or conspiracy. A second official told Bloomberg that Giuliani's activities raise counterintelligence concerns as well, but there probably won't be any criminal charges related to that. Giuliani says he did absolutely nothing wrong and was just doing, as he put it, what good lawyers do for their clients. Many lawyers might disagree. Thanks for listening. I'm James Hellman. If you want to hear full episodes, find The Daily 202 wherever you get your podcasts.